Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you felt like you would give up nearly anything to get it? There are many pleasures in this life that will tell you that they can give you fulfillment or happiness or meaning. But I believe that each and every one of us have reached that point where we finally get that something that we want, only to discover that all it ultimately held for us was disappointment. And so we move on to the next thing, and then the next and the next, and some of us are left wondering, is there even a purpose to our lives? Did you know that God understands that we need fulfillment? It's how He created us, and He didn't leave us without an answer. God has given us the answer to a fulfilled life, and that answer is found in a promise. But it's a promise that sometimes we don't want to hear. In Matthew 16, 25, Jesus says, For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Some of us are engaged in such a determined pursuit of a fulfilling life that we are passing right by the only one who can truly give us life. The issue is not that life is a bad thing. God desires us to have life and life to the full. However, the issue is that some of us have made life a bigger thing than Jesus. We have chosen the pursuit of life over the pursuit of Christ. The question Jesus is asking us in Matthew 16, 25 is, what am I worth to you? What is Jesus worth to you and me? He made it very clear what we were worth to him when he gave up his life for us in a horribly tragic and painful way. He made it very clear what we were worth to him when he allowed himself to be crucified for something he did not do, for something we did. Galatians 2.20 is a powerful statement that we as believers need to live by. It says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. A life of pursuit after Jesus is a life of friendship with him. When we choose to seek him first, he fills us with his Holy Spirit and he lives in us. When that happens, we're no longer looking to receive life from the things we see or the things we can get. Once that happens, we're walking in the life that he provides. And that is a life worth living. Amen. Isn't that powerful? Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our 1030 service where we are so passionate about honoring God and making disciples. And as you've seen on that clip, today we're starting a new series called The Priceless Pursuit. A priceless pursuit because even though you may feel like you are giving a lot, yeah? It is so worth it because of what we get out of it in the end. And, um, 
Yeah, so this is a three-part series. We're going to start today, and then we're going to continue for the next two weeks after today. And this is a three-part series on just sharing about what are the essentials of us as disciples of Jesus. You know, what are the essentials in the life of a disciple? This is the lifestyle of a disciple. And we're going to look at those three essentials, and I really believe that these are things that if we continue to pursue, they will gladden God's heart and they will make us fruitful in our walk with God. Because there's so many things, even as Christians, that are, that are fighting for our attention. But if we pursue these three things, we will be fruitful in our walk with God. And, and here, um, the, the three things that we're going to look at is pursuing Jesus and then pursuing the lost and pursuing to be joined or pursuing the church. Amen. So before I pray for us, I just want you to look at your neighbor and say, the word of God is powerful. So don't miss out this morning. Don't fall asleep. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you so much for your word this morning, Father God. We want to thank you, Lord, that you want to touch each and every single person that's here, Father. I thank you, Lord, that as your word goes out, Lord, it will not return void. It will change our lives. It will accomplish that which you send it out to accomplish this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name, we yield to you and we say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Come and lead, come and guide, come and teach, and come and strengthen. Amen. Amen. So today we're looking at the pursuit of Jesus, yeah? the importance of pursuing Jesus in our lives. We all know that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of Christianity. He is the most important thing in Christianity. Without Jesus, there is no Christianity. And without him, our walk with God will be empty somehow. Okay? So because he's the most important figure, in Christianity, it is important that we pursue Him. It is important that, that He becomes that ultimate thing for us. When we hear the word pursue, what comes to mind? Yeah. For some of us, it's those uh, National Geographic videos where we see the cheetah running after the kudu, you know, trying to catch, to catch the spray as food to eat, right? For some of us, when we hear the word pursue, we're thinking of a guy who's falling, fallen mad in love with this lady and he's doing everything to get her to be his, isn't it? But maybe for some of us, when we hear Pursue, we're just thinking about that movie with Will Smith called The Pursuit of Life, isn't it? And then you're thinking, oh, was it happiness? Pursuit of happiness. And we're thinking, oh yeah, that, that is what it means, right? So today we're really going to look at pursuing Jesus and what it means to pursue Jesus. Because when we, when we enter into a relationship with Jesus, he has to be that number one thing. Yeah? And we know that God demonstrated us, I mean to us, the love that he has for us by sending us Jesus. And Jesus is the one that pursues us. To, 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 to him, we are so valuable that he found it worth dying for us. Huh? 
It was worth him going on the cross to die for a bunch of sinners, you and I. Why? Because we're valuable. So in life, we really only pursue things that we're valuable. A guy will not exhaust his energy and his romantic lines for a girl that he doesn't really like or he doesn't want. Okay? And a, a cheater will not run after a prey if he doesn't really need it. And we will not run after Jesus if we don't value him and we don't understand the value of him in, in our lives. So we know that to Jesus we're valuable because we can see what he did for us. But the question he's asking us today is how valuable is he to us? What does he mean to us? And what is the price that we're willing to pay to be with him? Because we will only pursue him if he's valuable. And if he's valuable, we will be prepared to give him our everything. Yeah? And in Philippians 3 verse 7, Paul starts off from 7 to 8. He says this, he says, But whatever was an asset to me, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things as loss compared to the surpassing excellence of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Okay, I want to read it again. But whatever was an asset to me, I count as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things as loss compared to the surpassing excellence of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whom I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Okay? So whatever it is that he had that seemed to be an asset that seemed to have been of importance to him, compared to Jesus Christ, it's a loss. If he had to take that, those things that he had that made him who he is and look at Jesus, he would say that this, compared to this, this is rubbish. Yeah? This is loss. This is gain. Jesus Christ is everything that I need. Yeah? In this small passage, we see the main things that really are important in pursuing Christ, because this is Paul who pursued Jesus Christ from the time God knocked him off the donkey and revealed his son Jesus to him to the time that he died. When he got to know Jesus, he pursued him. And there were things that, that, that caused him to do that, to not give up, you know? And it's because, number one, Nothing else mattered as much as Jesus did. Number two, he wanted to know this Jesus. And number three, he was prepared to lose everything for the sake of Jesus. And so he was prepared to pursue him and continue running after Christ until the end of his life. And when we talk about pursuing Jesus... It is so different because, you know, when a cheetah is pursuing prey, they eventually catch it and then they eat it and it's done. Yeah? But how many of us know that when we're pursuing Jesus, it is a lifelong pursuit? It doesn't end. Yeah? We don't say, oh, now that I've, had, I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I've got him, it's over. No, 
We continue to cultivate our relationship with Him. We continue to seek Him out. We continue to desire Him more. We continue to cry out for more of Him. We continue to say, God, I want more of You. Because it's a lifelong journey. And we should never grow tired of it. We shouldn't. We should continue running after Him. Because it is so worth it. And when we pursue Him, we're pursuing Him because we want Christ-centered lives. You know, nowadays a lot of people are always talking about a purpose-driven life. Find your purpose in life. Listen, it's not about a purpose-driven life. It's about a Christ-centered life. Because when you find Jesus, you find your purpose. When you find Jesus, you find everything that you need for life. He is everything that we need, even as as we're worshiping and singing here. He is everything that we need. Nothing can compare to that. And Paul is sharing here because he, he wants people to understand. He wants the church to understand that nothing can weigh against the worth of Jesus. And he does it by sharing the things that he believed were assets to him. His credentials. These are the things that Paul thought were important in life because according to the community that he was in and the standard that was set for him, these were the things that were important that really made you a valuable person. And one of those things, he shares just a few lines before um, the key scripture we we read. He He says that, number one, he was a Jew. Why is it important to be a Jew in his time, in his community that time? Why? Because Jews were the seed of Abraham. They were God's chosen nation. Yeah? He was saying, I was not just any person. I was a Jew, part of the royal nation chosen by God. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews from the tribe of Benjamin people. Okay? This is who I am. And he thought that was important. And then he goes on to say, not only was I that, but I was a Pharisee. In terms of moral excellence, I was part of the group of people who were held to the law of Moses. Why? It was the standard, the highest standard that time. You keep that law to the last bit. And because he was part of that group, guess what? That made him valuable. That is credential number two, okay? Not only that, I had so much zeal. Not only was I part of this group of people that valued morality and the law of Moses to the T, but I went the extra mile to kill those who were a threat to this thing. I would defend it with my life, okay? That's why he was persecuting Christians. And not only that, he says, I was blameless because I kept every single written thing in that law. But then he said, but you know what? I've realized that all of this stuff that made me who I am, that made, gave me the value of who I, I was in my society, were nothing compared to knowing Jesus. These were all just religious stuff. These were all just things that seemed to be important in that time and in that place that I was. 
But when I encountered Jesus, I realized that all these things, even though they're important in my community, even though they're important in my society, they mean nothing compared to have Jesus Christ as the price. That is what he was saying here. And you may be thinking that, okay, but that is not really the standard of community for us. You know, like, how does that, how does that relate to me? So the things that were valuable to Paul that time may not necessarily be the things that are valuable to us today. Eh? So the things that are more valuable to us today are probably things more like reputation. Eh? Reputation. What do people think about me? The, the relationship that I am, the guy that I'm dating or the girl that I'm dating, the, dating, the social class that he's from, even though he doesn't know Jesus, I don't want to let go of this guy because he's well-known and he's wealthy. Huh? The, the wealth that we may have acquired, the things that give value people according to the standard of this world, the things that we're working so hard for to attain in this life, that's why they said in the clip, some of us are so busy pursuing life and not pursuing Jesus. See, there are two types of people. There are those who pursue Jesus and live a Christ-centered life. And there's those that are pursuing life and live for what this life has to offer and then add Jesus on to help them achieve those things. So the center is not Jesus Christ. I'm not building around Jesus. Jesus is not the cornerstone. It is the things that I want, my life goals, my ambitions, my desires. And Jesus, I'm adding you to help me achieve these things. Yeah? Even in the church, when we come to church, there are two types of people. There are those who are pursuing Jesus coming to church on Sunday because I want to know Jesus. I want to have a relationship with him. I want him to be the center of my life. And there are those that are coming and they're saying, Jesus, nothing else seems to be working. I want you to help me in my life because nothing is happening in my life. But the key is that he becomes the center. He needs to become the center. He has to be the center of life. So, there are things in our lives that can take the place of Jesus that we end up glorifying more than we're glorifying Jesus. And it's not always bad things. Sometimes it's good things. Like family. No? How many of us pray for family? And we want a family. And once we get that family, it starts stopping us from having a relationship with God. No? I can't pray because, oh, I need to pick up the kids. I need to do this. So now it's the family-centered life. I'm not building my family around Christ. Christ is not the cornerstone of my family. My family is my cornerstone, and Christ must help me as I'm doing family here around. He must be here somewhere. Just help me, Jesus. But it cannot be like that. Jesus has to be the center of every single thing in our lives. Because when he's the center, things just look so different, okay? And I don't want to go ahead of myself, but what are the things that may, may be um, assets to you right now that you know are standing in the way of you pursuing Jesus? 
isn't cool friends. Some of us have those friends that we know. They're so cool. They're so amazing. I want to be associated with, associated with these people. But I dare not mention Jesus in their midst. Because if I do, I will be labeled as a weirdo. But you see, I really want to fit in. And I really, these guys make me feel so good. When I'm with them, I feel like I'm on top of the world. Therefore, I'd rather be with them and not mention Christ than mention Christ and be an outcast. Are we living Christ-centered lives? Or are we living lives that are centered on, on other things and just adding Christ on and making him like a, a surround system in the midst of what we're pursuing? Because in the end, it will be tested. Sometimes we say, yeah, Lord, I'm doing this for your glory, for your glory. <laughs> and then the test comes and we realize it's actually not for the glory of God. It was for my ego. It was for my reputation. It was for me. Okay? So we need to look at this stuff. Jesus needs to be valued more than all these other things. And you know, in, in, in Matthew 13, verse 45 to 46, we, we read a, a very interesting parable of a merchant yeah, that is showing us what a person can do to show how valuable something is to them. Yeah? It says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls when he found one very precious pearl. He went away and sold all he had and bought it. Yeah? So this merchant... Looking for pearls, he found one pearl that he thought, man, this is the pearl I need to have. It is the most valuable pearl. It is so worth me having this pearl that I am prepared to sell everything else that I have just to gain this. So he was prepared to lose everything else for the sake of gaining this specific pearl. Yeah? So this shows us how valuable this pearl was to him. You know, and this is how we see how valuable something is to someone. They're prepared to take the time. He took the time to go back, collect the assets that he had, spend time selling them to be able to buy something new. He took the time and he took the money. So we all know if you've got friends, your friends will know if they are valuable to you based on the amount of time you spend with them. Yeah? If you and I are friends and we never see each other, we never hang, I will start questioning, are we really friends? Yeah? And it's not only time, but am I valuable to you enough that you're prepared to spend money on me? Yeah? If somebody means something to you, you will be prepared to spend even your money on that person. Wives will see, am I really valuable to my husband by the gifts that he buys me? <laughs> yeah? If he's always buying cheap flowers <laughs> or no flowers, <laughs> yeah? it's like, is this, I, this, is, this, is the, this is what he gives me. Am I valuable? No? How much time does he spend with me? You know? And this is the thing, like, even with, with, when it comes to pursuing, it, marriage is such a great picture of what it means to be pursuing. 
you know? Because a lot of the time, before people are married, they're going on date nights, the guy comes and picks her up in a fine car, takes her out, they're always dining and going out. And then when they get married, the woman is still expecting to be treated like that, isn't it? He must still continue to pursue me. But the man is thinking, I did all the things that I needed to do to get her. Ne? I said, I love you. The day at the altar, I haven't changed my mind. Ne? But as a woman, you want to hear it all the time. You want, you, you want him to take the time to show you how precious you are to him. Constantly. Isn't it? And it's the same in our relationship with God. It's not like, but God, you remember that day when I came to the front and I said, I love you, Jesus. I still feel like that today. No! Yeah? God wants us to constantly be spending time with him. I mean, you know, valuing the presence of Jesus in our lives. He wants us to continually take the time to listen to him, to, to let him guide and direct us. He wants to know that we, we still have this love relationship with him. Yeah? If you're married to somebody and, and they, they don't want to spend time with you, and they definitely don't want to spend their money on you, you start wondering if, you, if you're valuable to them. Yeah? So if Jesus is our prized possession, how much time do we spend with him? And how much money do we spend on him and the things of him? That's, that's a good test, man. Because yeah? sometimes we get nervous about talking about money. But you, you will know what is valuable to a person based on the time they spend on that thing and the money they spend on that, on that thing, yeah? Exactly. So some people are so busy spending time looking for where the sales are. Hmm? <laughs> so that they can go and shop, yeah? Some people will drive all the way from Ludwigsdorf to go to Evelyn Street, to get their hair done. Ne? Because the hair needs to look good. And this, they are this, this group of girls in Evelyn, only they do their hairstyle. Hmm? And sometimes the cost is even like, oh my goodness. Yeah? I remember there was this new hairstyle where there's like a rubbing on the, like some twist that is very different. And it was a thousand bucks up. And ladies were running for that twist, I'm telling you. It's like, and I was just like, oh my goodness. Well, it looks good, but I don't know if I'm going to spend a thousand bucks on that. Yeah? But for someone that that's a value, they will go out of their way and they do that. Yeah. So you will see if Jesus is a value for you. By how much time you spend with him. And how much you invest in the things of him. Because if it's a thing of, oh, this for the things of Jesus, for the kingdom of God, I, man, I need to buy this, I need to pay that account, and this, and this, and this. If there's any money left at the end of the month, I will put it in the offering basket. But if you're like, God, Jesus, I value you so much. You deserve the first fruit. Before I even make calculations for all these other things, this I'm giving to you first. My time. Those precious morning hours belong to Jesus. Yeah? Those late evening hours belong to Jesus. <laughs> yeah? I make time. I set aside time to connect with Jesus. So there are so many things that can distract us. That's why Luke 10 verse 41 to 42 
when Martha is complaining to Jesus about his sister, her sister just chilling at the feet of Jesus while she has to run around and, and get things done, he says to her, he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion and it will never be taken away from her. Choose the good portion. Choose the thing that will never be taken from you. Yeah? So there are many things that can distract, but let Christ be the center. Let him be the cornerstone. Let him determine how our day is going to be. Let us make priorities based on the fact that Jesus is our center. Yeah? And then Paul goes on to speak about the knowing of Jesus, how important it is to know Jesus. And there are things that, that, that Paul specifically focused on when, when it came to his relationship with Jesus and getting to know Jesus. Two main things were always to know the power of the resurrection and to fellowship in his suffering. Yeah? He wanted so badly to know this power of resurrection. So it's not just enough to say, I've got, I, I know, yeah, Jesus, you, you are my prized possession, but it, we need to pursue him, to get to know him, to understand what it means to us and what is made available for us. The power of the resurrection, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is living in you and I today. And through that, Christ will be magnified in our lives. As we get to know and understand the power that is made available for us, as we're living in that power, Christ is magnified. Yeah? It is not for our own glory, it is for the glory of Christ. And the re there can be no resurrection without a death. Yeah? So we die daily. We take up our cross daily. We die to self daily that Christ may be magnified in our lives. That's why Christ, uh, Paul said that for him, he, he, he wants to know Christ more. That even if, if, if he, he dies, it's still fine. Because it's all about Jesus. Huh? So he chose to just follow Jesus and to get to know Jesus, to know the power that has been made available, to fellowship in the sufferings of Jesus. You know the sufferings of Jesus? We, we, we don't have to go to the cross and be crucified today. Huh? Yeah? But we know that those disciples, every single one of them suffered for the sake of Jesus. And none of them complained. None of them. They counted joy to be treated like their master. And the Bible is clear. It says nobody is greater than their master. If they persecuted Jesus Christ, the Lord and the Messiah, guess what? You and I will be persecuted for the sake of the kingdom. Huh? And it should be fine. Don't worry about it. Don't go have a pity party and say, oh Lord, nobody likes me. They're just saying that it's so bad that I'm following you. Since I'm following you, I'm not doing the things that I used to do anymore. Buying everybody drinks and all No. It's not important. It is fine to share in the sufferings of Jesus Christ if we're being persecuted for the sake of the kingdom. Yeah? So it's important for us to know Jesus, to die daily, to seek nothing else but to desire to know this Christ, to be manifest in our lives. Yeah? Because the call to following Christ is not just a call to worship and enjoy him but to demonstrate him demonstration demonstrating this god that we've come to serve we have to show a demonstration of what it means to belong to jesus christ amen
And then the third thing it talks about is being prepared to lose it all. There's a great mug there saying Jesus plus nothing is equal to everything. Why? Because even though we lose everything that we may have seen as assets in this life, when we have Jesus, we have everything. Yeah? So Jesus, if all I have is Jesus and nothing else, it is fine. Because I have everything. But you have to believe that. He needs to be like that, Paul. Do you believe that if everything you had was removed from you today and all you had was Jesus, you have everything that you need in life? Just ask yourself that question. Valuing Jesus will lead us to make costly decisions. We will be people that weigh the decisions we make based on the value of Jesus. Yeah? If I do this, what does this mean for my relationship with Jesus? If I say this, how does it reflect in my relationship with Jesus? How does it affect my pursuit of Jesus. Is he still central? If I express this emotion now, what does it mean about my relationship with Jesus? So it's making Christ-centered decisions that losing things is fine. You know, we're living in a world where we, we are being taught so many times to protect what we have. So there are a whole lot of policies for protecting yourself. Yeah? It's, it's, it's insurance policy, <laughs> disability policy, life cover, all sorts of covers to protect you just in case something happens. Yeah? But Jesus is saying, if you lose everything for my sake, you have everything. And whoever seeks to save their lives, if we are living in such a way that we want to preserve our lives, I can't say that. This is what people will think about me. I can't put up my hand to go to that mission. I can't do this and that because this is what people will think. This is how it's going to affect my family. This is how it's going to affect my finances. This is how it's going to affect my reputation. This is how it's going to... You, living in such a way to be cautious... I need to be careful how I live so that I don't lose anything. Huh? So when you hear something that's, that is coming from the Holy Spirit that involves something risky, you start rebuking. That's the devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. Yeah? We start rebuking because God will never ask us of something. I was sharing in the morning service saying, you know why, why there's no urgency? There's no seriousness and the value for Jesus in our culture today? Yeah? There's just no urgency because there's no persecution. You can say, I'm a Christian. and say, oh, wow, that's amazing. Oh, okay, no, I'm Muslim. What are you? Oh, no, I, I'm still trying to figure it out. Oh, okay, no, great. I hope you find, find who you are and find yourself. And, you know? But there are places that are causing people to have 
to defend the gospel and to have to define in that moment what is most valuable to them because it, it is a matter of life and death. Yeah? Places in China, Sudan, Pakistan, where you can't just stand up and say, thank you, Jesus. It's like, huh? What did you just say? So you, you actually have to think twice about mentioning that name. You even have to think twice about going on mission to that place because chances are you're not coming back alive. If you come back, it's just a, a casket with your body in there coming back to Namibia. Yes? If it even comes back. Yeah? So they have to think twice. Guys, there are people who died, who gave their blood for us to have a Bible today, to be able to read it freely, so that we may know Jesus. So we cannot take him lightly. We cannot. We have to be so serious about him. He must be our, our most prized possession that we will never get. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You have to say, Christ, I am going to pursue you and pursue you and pursue you and pursue you. And every day, I'm going to desire to be in a love-long relationship with you just like it was 20 years ago when I met you for the first time. It doesn't get colder. It gets hotter. There are too many people today that are saying, yes, I remember, you know, five years ago when I first gave my life to the Lord. Oh, it was so beautiful. My five minutes were not enough for a quiet time. I needed an hour, sometimes two hours, if not even four hours. And you're asking what happened now? No, there's so many things. (laughs) It's it's, it's a mission to even just have an hour to pray today. It's a mission. But let us not be discouraged. Let's continue to pursue him with everything inside of us. And say, Jesus, you mean more to me than anything else in this world. And I am ready and I am willing to give you everything. Everything. Which means the things that are adding to Jesus in my life, I will focus on. I will give myself to that. I will go to Bible school. I will go to connect. I will go to fellowship at church. I will do the things that I know are strengthening my relationship with Jesus. I will give myself to those things. Amen. Let's stand and pray. Before I pray, I just want to end with this quote by John Piper. I think it's so beautiful. He says, Christ is most magnified in us when we are more satisfied in him than in what we lose in death and what we have in life. I hope that makes sense to everybody this morning. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, this morning, we want to thank you for your goodness, Lord. We want to thank you for who you are in our lives. We want to thank you, Father God, for carrying us this far, Father. And Lord, even as you have made yourself known to us, Lord, we pray that we'll never get tired of pursuing you and running after you, Father God. Lord, that you will be our prized possessions this morning, Lord. I come before you and I say, if there's anything in our lives that are keeping us 
from making you our number one pursuit. Lord, speak to us today. May we not leave this place the same, oh Father God. May we not go into this week, oh Father, not having changed our priorities to make you number one, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray this morning, Lord, that anything that wants to quench our passion and desire for you will be removed, oh Father God. Father, we thank you that you be exalted in our lives and you be lifted up. Be magnified, oh Father God. May we live for you and your glory and your kingdom, oh Father God. Strip away everything that does not glorify you in our lives. That you may be glorified. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. If you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, gaining Him, coming into relationship with Him, is the first place that helps you start pursuing Him. And even as you've come here, you've come because you're looking for answers, you're looking to know God. And it all starts with Jesus. And therefore, if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, and you want to surrender to Jesus, you want to give your heart to Jesus, I want to invite you this morning into a lifelong love relationship with Jesus. So if you're here and you haven't given your life to the Lord, wherever you are, with every head bowed, I just want to say, please just lift your hand. If you're here and you want to get to know Jesus, you want to be in a relationship with Jesus, Please raise your hands this morning. I want to pray with you this morning. I see that hand. Amen. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else who wants to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior? I see that hand. Amen. I want to ask those that are lifting their hands, if you could just be so bold this morning to come to the front here so that we can pray with you. Just come and join us here in the front. Hallelujah. Heaven is rejoicing right now. Amen. Amen. You can just face me. Just, just turn around and face me. Turn around and face me. Amen. There's some more coming. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is the most important decision that you will ever make in your whole life. Heaven is rejoicing right now. There is joy in heaven as you have come and you're saying, Lord, I want you. And so I want everybody to support them in this prayer. Say, just, I want you guys to pray after me. And as you're praying, let it be your words, not my words. Don't let it just be repeating after what the pastor is praying. But let it be like, this is what I mean. And this is what I want to pray to the Lord right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. And I recognize that you died on the cross. For my sins. And this morning, I want to ask you for your forgiveness. And I ask that you come into my heart and make my life anew. I surrender all to you, Jesus. And I ask you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. Amen. Thank you for listening. 
For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.